Being as it's a week till Hanukkah, Be'ezer Hashem. So what I want to talk about tonight is basically the what's Nagat to the midst of Adlachas Neris. That's uh, the basic Adlachas we all know. So I'd like to focus a little bit more in detail about three points. What to light, where to light, and when to light. Let's talk about the first point first. What's the person allowed to light? Shulchan Aruch says that really any oil or wax or combustible material really is good for is good to light for Neres Chanukah. Any kind of wick works as well. So one could light oil, one could light cooking oil, one could light candles, one could light wax, one could light melted fat if you wanted to. Shulchan Aruch says everything is kosher. The Ramah says that there's a Khumra, there's a Hidur, in lighting the kind of oil that they use in the base of Mikdash. Being as a nation was done with the manure in the base of Mikdash, so therefore there's a certain level of Hidur in trying to emulate that and have the same kind of oil that they use in the base of Mikdash. Okay, so this is not long, this is just to explain the Matthias. What was the type of oil that they used in the base of Mikdash, and how do we replicate that today? How similar is that? Right. So we know that uh, obviously they use olive oil, the process says clearly, Shemin Zayis. But the Torah says more than that. The Torah says Shemin Zayis Zach. The Mishnah in Menachos tells us what does Shemin Zayis Zach means. So what the Mishnah calls Rishon Shabarishon. The first squeezing of the first olives. So let me explain how olive oil works today, how it's commercially produced, and the names that it's given in the industry. And then we can understand what's the kind of oil that is most similar to what they use in the Mesa Mikdosh. So that if we want to be yet to the Khumra of the Ramah of lighting something similar to the base of Mikdash, we know what to do. So basically the way that uh, olive oil is produced, both today and the time of the mission, not much has changed, is the first the first crop of olives they take, they squeeze them as they take them off the tree. And the first oil which comes out is the most pure oil. That's the first uh, squeezing of the olives. It's what's called today in English either extra virgin olive oil or sometimes it's called cold pressed olive oil. In other words, it was pressed, it was squeezed, and it was still cold. It's called cold pressed olive oil. In Hebrew, it's what they call kvishakara, which is a translation of exactly the same thing. So whatever they squeeze out the first time around, that's the first olive oil, so to speak. After that, what they do is they heat up the why olives. Why would a person want? Like why today would a person want that oil? It's the most pure olive oil. It's the most expensive as well. It's the most pure. It's perfectly pure oil. Wait, it's the first few olives, or? No, it's the first time they squeeze. When they take the olives as they come off the tree, they squeeze them. And whatever comes out oil then is what they call extra virgin or cold press. It's tastier, olive oil. it's healthier. It's probably healthier, the ones who want into that. And what's the opposite of We're going to see. Uh-oh. The next step, what they do, is they heat up the olives. In the time of the mission, they used to do that by leaving them in what they call silent which means they used to make kind of a woven bag out of palm leaves and used to leave the olives inside until they got hot in the sun and they started to break down the olive a bit more because it was heated up. Today they use industrial heating methods to do it. But basically the idea of heating the olives up is that it causes them to get softer. And when they get softer, they squeeze them a second time. And now they have another more oil which comes out now after it's been squeezed a second time because it's been heated up. So it's a bit more broken down. They get more olive oil out. That's the second squeezing. And that's called, it'll still be called in the store, it'll be called 100% olive oil. It'll be called 100% olive oil. 
or even pure olive oil. But it won't be called kashakara. It's not cold pressed anymore because they heated it up in order to squeeze it. Right. That's the second step. The third step what they do is whatever olive oil they can't get out after it's been heated and squeezed a second time, what they do now is they grind up the olives. So they have blenders or grinders and they grind the olives up into a paste and basically it releases whatever oil they can still get out. And that's what's called in the store regular cooking olive oil. If you go by the cheap, what they call olive oil in the store, that's what you're going to get. The easiest way to see it is you'll see that there's a very thick layer of like a greenish sediment at the bottom of the bottle, which is basically the pulp of the olives which is still remaining in the oil. Right? If you have, if the company is not too clever, they're using a glass or a see-through bottle, you can see clearly that there's olive oil at the top and there's like a thicker layer of, really it's the olive itself which is being crushed at the bottom. Normally to stop that, normally that's the way to stop that. There's a green bottle, so you can't really tell the difference anymore. Uh, so that's just going to say olive oil. It's a shemen's ice. So they're not, but their they laws tell you what they had to say. So they obviously won't say it's extra virgin, and they won't say it's a cold press oil. It's not. It's just what they call shemen's ice. That's the third level. Then the fourth level, which you'll see in all the stores really cheaply, just before Hanukkah, is what they call shemen's ice the ma'or. Shemen's ice the ma'or, which everything says, oh wow, it's like, uh, shemen's ice, especially for the menorah, but it's not. Shemen's ice the ma'or, what they do is they take the seeds of the olives, which don't get crushed, they're too hard. And what they do is they treat them in acids until they break down. And then the, when they, also when they break down, there's a certain amount of oil in the seeds which gets mixed into the acids. And they sell that, but they also clear in the bottle, not to eat, it's only for lighting, because it's dangerous. It's a very high acid content. And that's the most cheap. So what they're calling Shemin's Ice Lamar, it doesn't mean it's a hither that it's made from a nera. It means it's the only thing you can do with it. It's dangerous to eat, and they'll have to write in the bottle, Right? Now, the truth is that that oil has a name in the world. It's not called Shemin's Ice Lamar. That's an Israeli invention before pre-Hanukkah. In the rest of the world, it's called lamp oil. Lamp oil is basically, it's a small amount of oil, a lot of acid. Sometimes they add paraffin to it as well. And it burns very well. It burns very well, but it's a very far cry from the olive oil that the Torah is talking about. And therefore, if you want to be a Tzahira of the Ramah, and you want to look for the oil that they use in the Vesel Mikdash, you're looking for what they call Fishakara, or extra virgin, cold press, whatever it is, the first olive oil that they use, that's the most similar to what they use in the Mishkan. If you're not looking for that here, though, the truth is you could use any regular soya cooking oil. There's no Maile in Shemazayas Lamar, which is mostly acid, than, any, than anything else you want to use which could, which, which, which could burn. How do you spell it in Hebrew? Which is not as clear that you meant to do that. Here by olive oil, it's an ex- by the menorah, it's an exception that we find that a person is meant to try and emulate the base of English because that's what the, the miracle is meant to parallel. But as back to contrast that, for example, when a person makes Kiddush every week, is there any Indian to try and use the same kind of wine that they use in the base of English for the Nusachim, for the wine libation, right? So even though there is one day in Achronim, yes, the vast majority of Achronim say there's no Indian in trying to get the same kind of wine that they use in the base of English. Right? Any wine which a person enjoys and wants to drink and you can make a gofen on his yotu with. It's definitely here where the miracle of Ner Hanukkah is meant to remind us of the miracle of the lighting of the menorah in the Vesel Mikdash that there's an Indian to try and replicate the same thing and use the same kind of oil. Regardless, that's as far as the oil goes. As far as the wicks go, right? So they sell in the stores as big header, pure cotton wicks. Right? I always recommend to people don't buy pure cotton wicks. Cotton doesn't suck oil very well. So it's hard to use. It also doesn't stand up. So to, to get it to stand straight, even though without falling over the edge, the process causes more agmas nefesh than it's worth. And besides for that, it wasn't what they used in the Basin Mikdash. Right? It's clear what they used in the Basin Mikdash. The mission tells us in Sukkah, they used to use the Blai Nikhsi Akonim. 
They used to use the clothing of the Kohanim which had worn out, which means it could be, it was either, the clothing of the Kohanim was either made out of pishtim, which means linen, or it was made out of wool. It definitely wasn't cotton. Right? If they used the mechnasayim, which is made out of sheish, which is bad, it's, it's the nylon. If they used the avnet, it was made out of wool. And if that's the case, so the, the, the wicks of the base of Mikdash were either made out of nylon, linen. linen, right, or it was made out of wool, not cotton. And then if there's no mailer in the cotton wick, it, it just makes life more difficult. You can get any wick you want, it's equally good. Do they sell these with wax? Yeah, what's with wax? Do they sell these wicks of wool or linen? I've never seen wool or linen. So the truth is wool does burn very well as a wick. Wax wicks they have. That's a new thing there. I've seen wool. Yeah, wool works fine. Wool's fine. But the cotton ones are hard to use, and I've never seen a reason why they're meant, they're meant to be better. What's the part that the wicks don't actually be saying? The mitzvah, the nace was in the oil. The nace wasn't in the wick. The nace, what you're trying to look around, is the oil side burning, not the wick. Following cotton became popular because people wanted to make their own wicks. Could be. And cotton was available to make yeah. their own wicks. Could be. It's a big Indian by some. You're right. But again, we don't find the halakhic Indian in making your own wicks. So you're right. Especially if it's offset by the fact that they don't burn well. At the end of the day, the ikka pursuing this that we want is that people should see them. And if they're half going out, so they, they do go out, then you're not achieving it anyway. Okay, so that's the first point. Is your red, which is your red wicks? The red wicks are, are basically, they're coated in a kind of oil or like a kind of wax. That's fine. I mean, they're not the ones that use the rest of English, but that's okay. Can you reuse oil and can you reuse wicks? In other words, I left the first night. The mice of my wick went out. The mice, I still have half a glass full of the oil. Can I reuse it or not? The Allah is, yes, you can. You have to reuse both the wicks and the oil. But it is brought down that the, the glass cup that I used as the case for the menorah, if it's gotten dirty, I should clean it. So sometimes when the fire goes into, like, blackens it with, the, with carbon, so then it's, uh, if it would be a klichos, I wouldn't be allowed to reuse it. But glass, the shulchanan says, is like metal, which can be cleaned. And therefore, I should clean it. I'll see the before I light it for the second night. So it's poured into another cup? Yeah, and then oh, normally, it's, uh, the, the carbon is above the oil level, so you can just clean it even with the oil underneath it. Right, so you're allowed to reuse oil or wicks for another night, but it has to be used for the mitzvah of Hanukkah. Right, like we know, the mitzvah of Hanukkah, it's also the shtamish for him, and therefore the oil, not just the, the candles, the fire is also the shtamish for him, but the wicks and the oil that I use for Ner Hanukkah are also also the shtamish for him. I can't use it for anything else. So I can use the leftover oil, or if I want to reuse a wick from one night to the next, but only for Hanukkah. I can't use it for other things. And people always like to ask the question, what about for Shabbos this week, this year especially? When the last night of Hanukkah is Thursday night, so uh, people will think, wow, but all the extra oil from whatever didn't burn in my menorah, can I use it for Nero Shabbos? And the answer is no, you can't. Right? Because Nero Shabbos is fundamentally different to Nero's Hanukkah. Nero's Hanukkah, the whole point of the mitzvah is not to use them, and therefore to show that, they be, uh, to show that they're there as presumably they're only coming to show that the nice happened. Whereas Nero Shabbos, the whole point of the Nero Shabbos is yes to use them. And it's so only Shabbos that you can, we have life, you're not in the darkness. And therefore, since the din of the Nehra's Hanukkah is one's not meant to use them, one can't use them even for, even for another mitzvah of Nehra Shabbos. Okay, so that's what's the first question, and that's what to light. We spoke about different kinds of oil, we spoke about that's on your head. If a person wanted to use wax candles or anything else, that would be fine. So now the question is... Some cypher says that it's a minor to use the wicks from the last night? Or for what? For the next night. There's such an Indian... Again, the Shulam says there's some making Indian out of it. Whatever's going to light better. Nice. Whatever's going to light better. Is any mile of using the Shaman Lama R over candles? No, it's the same thing. It doesn't make a difference. The only thing about candles is that you have to make sure that they burn long enough. 
They burn long enough, especially when you're talking about Arab Shabbos, that they have to burn long enough, and most of the candles don't. And as the, what, they, what they market here as Hanukkah candles are timed to burn not more than half an hour. And therefore, for the week, if you're lighting maybe it, less. maybe less, and therefore if you're lighting during the week at Shkir, it's okay, you have half an hour. But uh, tell my kids, if you want to light on Arab Hanukkah before Shabbos, they shouldn't make a bracha. By the time it comes Shkir, they have the battery in you haven't achieved anything. Right? And therefore you have to add either proper candles which are much bigger and have much more wax and uh, that would work or you have to use oil, use, use oil or something like that which will burn for longer. Right? If you want to, yeah, people always ask the question that they find, whatever is there, they find their Shabbos that they don't have anything except for candles and they think, oh, we've got three or four Yotar candles, can you light Yotar candles for a menorah? The answer is yes, you can. You can light anything you want. Right? You run out of Yasa candle, as long as you're putting it where the menorah is meant to be, that's a candle, it's all that, and that's fine. There's no problem with using that for a menorah. Right, well, the one po- uh, just on this point, before we go to the next thing, as this is a, a side point, but it's worth remembering, because always something to be careful about, and that is, if a person's lighting near a door, you have to be very careful in the of Shabbos. Because if the opening or closing the door is either going to knock the menorah, or it's going to give a, like, provide an airflow, which is going to make the candles move, then it would be also to open or close the door in Shabbos. You might find yourself trapped in or out your house until all the candles have gone out. Because it's a shadow. It's a psikreisha of Mavir and Mechada, which is a deraisa. And it's a shulchan aruch. It's also the ftech as a door. It's a door that's connected to the Right? It's also to open the door next to the candle. And therefore, if a person wants to light near a doorway, or same thing with a person who reply, if a person wants to light near the window, then the window will be off bounds because opening and closing the window is going to do the same thing. It's it's a psikresha. It doesn't really help us. Sorry, you won't be over the rice. We're talking about a melacha the rice of a psikresha. But let's say the menorah is on a chair outside the door. Or when you open the door to inside the house, let's say I have a big chaser. My pizza is right by, by the chaser. So it's not going to make any difference. If but moving the door is not going to make a difference, then that's fine. If moving the door is going to change the airflow, which is going to move the menorah, it will be a problem. Right, okay, that's the first Nakoda. The second Nakoda, which is important to talk about, and that is uh, where to light. Where to light, I'm not going into all the different shitters, now of the window or the door, because the MS is, even though it's a big Machlechus, and there's no way you can satisfy all the opinions. There are three opinions, and in today's buildings in the Ramadish Cross and Hedry area, there's, it's either one or the other one. There's no way you can be able to see everybody's there. But the Mays have the years of giving Shirim on the Yasser Shitter, and the Biskarov Shitter, and the Chaznesh Shitter, and what seems like Commission Burr Shitter is. The MS is, it doesn't really come up practically because very often it will depend on a person's building where exactly it's situated and where exactly his window is and where the door is that not all the options are practical options anyway. And a lot of buildings, you only have one option out of all the options anyway. So then it would be an individualized question in each person's case where to light. But what I do want to talk about is a different point. And that is the halakh of lighting candles the, the, the brought down the Gemara and brought down the Shulchan Aruch and the din of Ner Ishu Beisai which means it has to be connected to the house. Right? The idea that if there is in the world of lighting big menorahs publicly in, 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 in open areas or in malls or in street corners, whatever it's going to be, and Rashi Vidyashiv used to hold the Brachal of Atala. There's no Indian in lighting menorahs stamp. The, the dinner of lighting menorah is by your house. And therefore, this is my house, this is either the door of my house or the window of my house. That's where Chazal would convey me to light as being part of the Machuyiv in being Mephaisa Menes by my house. But by lighting just randomly in open areas, there was no mitzvah for that. There was no chazal had in mind. And if that's the case, he held that it's also to make a bracha, it held more than he held the bracha of Atala. Right. The one exception to that is lighting in the shul, 
which even though it's not brought in the Gemara, but it's brought in the Gemara already as a minak, Klaus wrote it out in the Shul, it's also Mark Mokri Shemenisa. Interestingly enough, because of that, Rabbi Yoshev will add them to that to the Menorah of the Kaisal. If you've ever been to the Kaisal, or the Kaisal of my Rabbi, uh, on Hanukkah, you'll see that at Shkere, they have this huge Menorah, which uh, the Rabbi Not puts up, and one of the chief rabbis always lighted every night, right? And then Rabbi Yoshev says, Mutter, he says, It's Mutter because the Kaisal is a Shul. People are always davening there. If that's, I guess, the dinner of a Shul, but to light them, otherwise outside, would be awesome. If you're there, then you're doing the same. Yeah. If you're at one of these gatherings. If you're at one of these gatherings, don't make an amen to the bracha, because it's the bracha of Atara. If you want to get the free nafka, that's a different problem. <laughs> right. Well, why is it then a shock given in Visa? Why is it then? I thought you said the Kosmar is like a shock. Shul, shul. It's like a basic nesis. It's like a basic tefillah, then there's Musa. Someone asked me this year, if that's the case, and all the Atom and Yonim is an Indian to light. Because the answer is yes. If that's a Mokum Kavur for tefillah, Right? It doesn't have to be in the, in the building. If that's become a Mokum Kavot Bitfiller, then if they wanted to, they would be allowed to that. That's, that's no better than the Kaisal. That now being Yachat as Mokum as a Kavot and Mokum for Davini. What's the Rav's opinion about lighting multiple places? So I have an opinion, I thought Rabbi Yashif used to say. And that is often people used to ask him if Rabbi Yashif's shit was to light by the door of the building. So people used to say to him, it's very nice downstairs, we don't feel Hanukkah in the house. You know, there's no manure, it's downstairs at the door. So he said, yeah, if, you want, if you want to have manures in the house, you can do what you want. Just to make a bracha on them. Right? But, so the mitzvah you guys saw downstairs, if a person wants to add more, to be outside the shittas or it's time to feel the, the ambience of Hanukkah, because you see a manure, you have no problem with that. It's not also to add extras. Obviously, you're not going to get with it. No. Right. If you hold that you have a shadow of which day you want to be right with, then you shouldn't talk. If you're just doing an extra stamp, so there's more atmosphere of Hanukkah, then it's not a mitzvah anyway. Right. Now, where is this very nagaya? It's very nagaya for a person who's not at home. We'll go through three or four different options of why a person's not at home and what he should do. The first one is he's not at home because he's traveling. You know, as you do in the Mary Shiva, that Hanukkah said it stops at 4.10 or 4.15 to give everybody a time to get on the bus to get home before Shkir. What always happens is the immigrant gets into a traffic jam and therefore you sit on the bus for an hour and you come home half an hour after Shkir. Right? Now what happens? The time of Shkir has come and the time of Shkir has gone and the person isn't home. So what should he do? Well, this was a much more of a shayla. It was three, four years ago when the Iron Age time in Zechariah Nebracha was Nifta on Erev Hanukkah and everyone raced to B'nai Brak for the Levaya and everybody got stuck in traffic on the way back. Right? So people coming back from B'nai Brak at 9, 10, 11, 12 at night to first night Hanukkah. Okay, so there was no problem lighting outside them because there's still a rave arm going up and down the streets. Right? But the shayla is, is what you meant to do. So, it's interesting. Most posts can hold that if you're still going to be back that night when it's still shy after that, which means at the time of night when there's still people going past, and therefore I can be out to the mitzvah of Christmas because people will still see me at my menorah, then I should wait to that until I come home. Obviously, the chadchil is better to do it earlier, but if it's, I'm only going to get home later, I should wait until later in order to light, right? And so that, uh, because uh, the makam, the ikam mitzvah to light is the basic. So what's the the other choice we're going to see in a minute. Right, so that's the first, that's the first case. Now, how, what time that is will depend where you are. If you're on a busy street, it could be the whole night you can night because there are always people going past. If you're in a quiet mavah, then by the time people go to bed, no one's going in and out of it anymore. So it could be as much earlier. So if there still will be people going past, right, so then the halacha is you still allowed to that. Now, the next case is what happens if a person is not going to be home the whole night? He's going away for the night. He's going away for Shabbos, or he's going away for any other night in Hanukkah. So, what, where does he light? So the answer is that he lights where he sleeps. 
Right, this is Shlomo used to pass on a bit of a discussion about that. If it requires the way a person eats, the way a person sleeps, but if Shlomo Zalman used to pass on, and this is Nechari, the Pashas of Allah too, that where a person sleeps is what's covering his, so to speak, his temporary house, and therefore the place he's meant to eat is to light candles in is the place where he's sleeping. And therefore, if a person's going away and eating in one place and sleeping in a different place, then he has to go to the place where he's sleeping to light over there. Well, this is very Nagaya, is Mati Shabbos Hanukkah. Always to my most people go, all the Bachim go away for Shabbos Hanukkah. Most of Shabbos, they want to come back to Shiva again. But everyone knows, most of Shabbos Hanukkah, everyone rushes home from Ma'ariv to that right away. So I always tell the boys, and this is, this is the same thing. And that is, if you're coming back to Yeshiva tonight, you can't light by your host. It's no longer your home. You're going back to Yeshiva. You're going to sleep in Yeshiva. You have to come back to Yeshiva and night there. If you're going to be spending the night overnight, most of Shabbos, by the place you're staying, then you can light where you are, because that remains your home. Okay, now our third case, which on this year is, Unfortunately, we have a few questions coming up on this point. And that is, what happens if a person is in a place that he can't light? For example, the hospital. The Elena person is in the hospital, and they don't let you light menorahs by the door to the hospital. It gets in the way of the... Or, oh, okay, whatever the reason is. If it's now until Hanukkah, it's more likely to be a problem. But it's, uh, uh, they don't let you light by the doors to the hospital. It gets in the way of the ambulances. They don't let you light by the window, for sure not. It's a fire hazard. So he doesn't have an option. Or the other option is a person who's in a hotel room. And you have the same issue. They're not going to let him light in the window because it's dangerous, or it could be much too high up as the 15th floor. They're not going to let him light by the main door because there are people coming in and out the whole time. There's no way to put him in the area there. Right? So he doesn't really have an option where to light. Or the third case of this, and this is also quite common, the person is an airplane. One of my Reichim last year was flying back to Australia on Hanukkah for a chasna, which means he was 33 hours from he took off till he landed, which is more than two days, two nights basically, which he wouldn't have a minute. So you ask him, what's he meant to do? He's meant to land in Singapore in the airport. What's he meant to do? So the answer in all these cases is, or Yasha used to say, that if you don't have another base, so we go back to the base you had. And therefore, if he doesn't have, if he's not in a place where he has a base to light in, at least somebody should light for him in the house he used to be in. Because at least then it's called base. He doesn't have an alternative base. So that goes back to being base. Right? And therefore, the answer is, ask the neighbor to kindly light the menorah for you, either by your door, by your window, whatever your specific circumstance is. And then at least you go to that way as Beza because what was his house is still a makam which you can use for Pitu Minister. Those three cases are really different because I'll tell the hospital you do have a place to sleep. It's a place to sleep. Not letting you light. Right. So you, Airplane, so you're, you're in trap, you're in trance, you don't have a place. You don't have a place. You don't all have these, you're right. But in all these cases you're going to go back to the Nukoda that... In the case of the hotel. Yes. He's 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 he is, and so it's not a because he's losing out his own mitzvah. Someone's learning for him, but at least it's a, it's a mark where the shayach of the person is. That person make a for him? So we always say when the person makes a bracha for himself, he should have in mind to be mighty his uh, mighty his neighbor also. Why can't we say he's potter? Well, we don't want him to be potter. He wants to do the chiyuv. Yeah, the person does have a house. So okay, so he's potter. He's part of and therefore we want to at least give him the opportunity to do for some minutes to buy his house. And why can't you light in a hotel room or buy a table? If they'll let him, it's fine. Most times I don't let you. Do you have to ask them permission? It's more than just a sakana. They're not going to let you because they think it's dangerous. By, yes. To open, if, if they let you, again, if they let you, that's great. Uh, some hotels are very macabre about not leaving open fires in the hotel rooms. Good question. If you, if, if you do not have to let in your hotel room, and you do like there, are you Yotzer? It's a good question. Hmm? It's a good question. I'll tell you a real question I had three years ago. Mabachim went to Netanya for Shabbos Hanukkah. So they went on Thursday night. 
They call me up and tell us that from the town. I said, where are they meant to light? Because they're on the 15th floor overlooking the sea. So if they light in the window, no one's seeing it. Right? It's facing the sea. So I said, what's the problem? Light at the door to the building. The people walking in and out. Light at the door to the building. It's very windy. The wind's coming off the sea. They can't light it. It's going to blow out the candles. And you're not gonna, the candles aren't going to rise. So then you can't light. It's, it's, a, it's not a road to, um, for the amount of time. It's half an hour. You're not yet. So I said, all right. So light inside the door of the building. Right? Then you, there's the glass of the door protecting you. And it's still next to the summit of Dallas. And uh, that way, then it, uh, people will see it from the outside, and they won't go out because it's not facing the, it's not open to the wind. Fine, they did that, and I get another call from them six minutes later. We let them know it's in the lobby inside the door, and it set off the fire alarm. What do we do now? So, and in the back, I heard a lot of noise and shouting and screaming. And what happened is all the neighbors of all 15 floors came downstairs to see what happened to the fire alarm, and they saw these guys when they were all like lined up by the door. <laughs> And I was like, a whole thing, put them out, put them out. Right? Put them out, it's a danger, it's a dust. So I asked are we allowed to put out the manure? What's the halacha? Right? So the answer is, you're not allowed to put out the manure. It has to burn for the minimum share. But I told them, if the neighbors put it out, the halacha is kofsay and zakukla. So if the neighbors put it out, then you don't have to worry. You don't have to put it back on again. So it's exactly what happened. The neighbors put it out. So I said, but you have to be upset about it. You have to be upset about it. You a whole bullying to watch the manure. Were they Jewish? Okay, so anyway, so that, you don't, like I was saying, you don't always have the option of where to light because in cases like this, you don't, you don't, you don't really have too many practical solutions. Yes, what about this um, question? If someone did it, see It's a very good question. It depends on the circumstances. Yeah. Right, okay, so that's, the, that's when a person doesn't have an option. The only thing to be aware of is if you want somebody else to be, to have in mind, to be moed to you at the same time, so you have to make sure, then, then you're already being yotzer. Right? And then you, once someone else was moved to you, and then you find a place to that, as not so possible you can make a bracha, because it could be already yatza. I had this once in my building, where, for whatever reason, my building, because I'm on the top floor, it's more than 20 hours, I light by the door. Anyway, so Rabbi Yashar al I light by the door to the building. And, like, I light by So one of my neighbors, very from guy, he said he wants to be yatza all the days, so can I be moved to him on the locker by the door of the building, because it will help him as well, it's his building also. Can I be moist in the dark and So it's no problem having a mind of moist also. Fine, so which is what I did. I let the shkir, I let the nerves, I had the bracha, I had him in mind to be moist him also. Fine, and I was on my way upstairs, and I go past his second floor apartment, and I see him in the window making the bracha in his menorah. So I said, Stop, how can you make a bracha? He said, Well, I'm being like nervous. I said, I was just moist to you. And if that's the case, if you feed the shit is that you ate by the door of the building, you ate to your mitty, you make another bracha. So then he decided he doesn't want to be moist anymore. <laughs> But it's something to be very mad. If someone's being moist to you, right, then you can't be moist to yourself. Or at least you can't make a bracha yourself. Another interesting example, the same thing came up. I said, if he would die first, it would be fine. But then he has to like, make sure to die the first. If it's not, if, like in a case like this, it wasn't the first, it's a problem. Right, then one more case. Roya, can you the roya? If that's in a case where he's an hotel, and then he afterwards finds a place to lie. Then he doesn't need to find the place. He can just look out the window. Then he will know he sees. He can make the bracha serena. He can, he should. He could, he could. But there's also in the guy was they said. Sorry. That's fine. You're not you're not trying to be easy with them. It's not a problem. Is there such an Indian? Just an Indian. I don't know. What's even to say? Amen. No problem. Now the last case which is negated this one mentioned is like I said three years ago after Ivan left the Vaya. So there was a very interesting question which came up. And that is, like I said, a lot of men pushed the wind to the Dubai, they got stuck in the home, they only came much later at night. So in a number of cases, what happened was, 
Come skier, come to Tanfad Laka. The man's not there. So they decide to let them know. The wife, she left the, she's there, she's high, like he is. So she let them know. And the man comes home later on to find his menorah already burning. And then the shayla, what do I do now? So there were two shaylas. The first was the Shonen Bayez shayla. That was the more serious problem. But uh, the second shayla was, is, does he have to make another bracha? Is he yatsa or not yatsa? So the answer I told everybody who asked me was, tell me something, did your wife call you to tell you she's lighting or not? Because if you knew she was lighting, then Mr. Hamish was might see it. So in Erisha Besa, it's like the Gemara says about an Achsanoi, so you weren't at home, she was, she was my tzir. That's the case, you can maybe make Birkas Arayim and watching it, but you definitely can't light it with another bracha. But if you never knew about it, and you were expecting to come and light yourself, and if that's the case, she did it without your knowledge, and definitely without your agreement, if that's the case, she wasn't my tzir, you didn't want her to be my tzir. She had a bracha No, because she's mechayiv to. Normally she wants to be yatsir with her husband, so she doesn't need to light, but if she wants to be yatsir, she's got to be yatsir. Right, so if that's the case, you would be able to light because okay, that's what's going to get, like I said, when to light, where to light, what to light, we spoke about. And what, like, I, I wanted to ask my wife to light, so that she should light on time. Then that's fine. That's what you meant to do. should have done. Not wait If you're going with that opinion, then I should have, I should find someone to light me on time, if I'm not going to be at home on time, and that'd be my mishra chathil. Well, if a person is in transit and his wife is at home, The same thing. If you're going to go with the city that I have to light at the right time, then I should ask her, please light for me because I'm not available, I'm not there to do it. Uh, I have a question. Like, when someone's making Kiddush or Amitya and you want someone to be Amitya, don't you need to hear the Bracha? When... That's because the whole Mitzvah is the Bracha. Over here, the Mitzvah is not the Bracha. The Mitzvah is the Hadlaka. So I don't need to hear the Bracha. They're, they're doing the Mitzvah for me. Right. Last point I want to talk about, and that is, and this is an interesting point, that we said before that because today people are traveling up and down the streets until much later at night, it's a Kula, but it's also a Khumra. The Kula is like a night much later because there will still be people who will see the candles and therefore I can still be Makayim for some minutes and much later on. The question is, the production of the Gemara is that the reason why we light for half an hour is from after Shkir, it takes half an hour, Lashon the Gemara, Ad Shetich Regal until the Shuk's quiet, until everyone's gone home. And at that stage, everyone's gone home. There's no point lighting anymore because the streets are deserted. Right? So the Shaila is, if that's the case, why is half an hour good enough? If today you saw people going past eight hours later, right, if Shkir's at four, and at twelve o'clock at night, or whatever it is, four thirty, and at twelve o'clock at night, people going past, so there's still some minutes to do. And if that's the case, maybe I'm going to have much bigger neighbors, or much bigger candles, so that will be in comparison the next for all the people who are going much later. Maybe the Shkir is only because that's how... That Shkir then was started, because then there wasn't anything more to do, but now there is more to do. So we now we asked this question a few times. We asked him by the mirror, right, before we back him still, because... If anywhere is busy at the old times of night, it's the Miri Shiva. So if you have a dira which is on the street, mamish facing the Miri Shiva, there are always going to be people going up and down. So what's the day? So he passed. It's a nice header to that oil which will last longer because you're getting more persimmonies out of it. But the Messiah is not the halacha. The halacha say half an hour, that's a chazal We don't have to do more than that. The chazal for us. If a person wants to be to look for a reason to mahader, and a person wants to that layer so it should last longer, and therefore there will be more Christmas. Why not? Why not? But it's definitely not a mechuyev. The mechuyev is just a chazal and even though the circumstances, this is a regular thing that Yashu used to say, even though the circumstances have changed, right? The mass, we don't change the takana. The takana remains half an hour, and therefore a person is allowed to light. Candles should only last half an hour. Wait, so if that's the case, so early four, uh, if someone's being mighty, they can't make the bracha, why not? 
when the first rates to make Martha there did Sirmanisa for these first 10, 20 people, then he wants to make Martha again. But the answer is because the, because the same thing. Chazal's takana was Meshkiyah for half an hour. So the takana's been done. It's been done. So there's nothing more to make a bracha on. There's nothing more to make a bracha on later. Um, so that was the and then one last point, and that is that uh, the is a person allowed to decide that I'm only going to let my candles burn for half an hour? I also want to put them out. I want to save oil. I bought expensive uh, type one oil, whatever it is. So I don't know. I'm I'm filling up the crisis, but I've decided half an hour is my share. After I want to put out the candles and use the rest tomorrow, right? The maaser is the feed. This is Since the share of a locus nearest is half an hour. A person has merosh and the idea. I only want to burn, let my nearest burn for half an hour. Once, I've, once the shear, so to speak, is finished, technically you'd be allowed to put them out if you wanted to. The mice is better not to, like we said before, because there is boom for some minister to do, but I let them burn longer than that. But once a person's done with his mechuyuf to do al then the then You have to have in mind. Right, just bear in mind. The last point is that you do, in brought in the Ramah even, that in Chutzlaritz, that there was a minag that ladies don't do melacha for half an hour after Adlokos Neris. Right? That doesn't apply in Eretz Yisrael. And the reason is, I mean, it's very nice, everyone's surrounded, and he'd like us and play dreidel, it doesn't only add to the Hanukkah, but it's not a chiyuf. And the reason for that is, is because since in Chutzlaritz, the Takona was, it was dangerous to light outside, at December in Christian countries, it wasn't exactly a good time for the Jews. No one wanted to maintain too high a profile. He said, I didn't so table. But if you're lighting inside the house, then who are you being far from the nest to? Right? No one can see it from outside. If that's the case, you have to at least bring the people in the house to come and look at the neighbors for half an hour, because that way they can get the permissions for that. If that's the case, there was a union not to do melacha for half an hour after I look at the neighbors, that the ladies and whoever was going to be in the house would come and watch the neighbors. Because that's the Brisamanissa. And here again, you see the same thing. The people will be in the house all night. Why just half an hour? Because once Chazal gave this shiur half an hour, we keep half an hour. And there was an Indian not to do melach for half an hour. But if you're lighting outside, it's not for the benefit of the house. It's for the benefit of the passerbys in the street. If that's the case, I can go do something else. I don't have to wait outside and watch my menorah because I'm relying on their Brisamanissa. And if that's the case, I wouldn't be bound to being by the menorah for. I always tell my Bachem Yeshiva that you know, the Minag is here and it's Shnai without it. Does that include putting it by the window? Yes, the people can see it from the street. And then I always tell the Bachem, you know, here the Minag is still out in the middle of the second side, in the middle of the afternoon, when Shkia is. So I said to the Bachem, you don't have to waste time sitting outside watching Nerys for half an hour. You can come back and learn. You've done the mitzvah. Let's the people in the street do the Brisimanisa. Right? And you can go back and learn Shkia. Yeah. 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 Yeah.